Blog Talk Radio. It's Monday night and it's time to get rowdy. Catch up on This Week in ARCA and NASCAR with news and comments. Plus, you never know who will stop by for a visit. Right here on the Rowdy Maglite Show. Here's your weekly radio duo, Rowdy and Mark. Try to play that twice, it looks like. Hey, welcome back. It's Monday night, and it's Rowdy Maglite Show. And helping me here, I got the Chi-Town Duel and Jack with uh, Jack Man Jeff and Chi-Town Mark. How's it going, fellas? Hey, Rowdy. How you doing on this Monday evening? Not too bad. Doing great. Hey, Rowdy. Got my coffee here. I'm rubbed up. I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to be Rowdy. Well... Listen, guys, hey, let's get this over because, you know, this week, at the end of the week, we're all hopefully be gathered with our with our families. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, appreciate all the hard work y'all done all year. And uh, tonight's another special night. At uh, 710, we got Randy LaJoy coming on with Safer's uh, Racers. And uh, at 750, we got... Don Rodabaugh with uh, Communications Director with Arkham Racing Series, presented by Bernards. And then we got the winner of the Mason-Dixon Mega Meltdown 300, uh, the number six, Brandon Spencer. And that's the way we're going to roll tonight, guys. Yeah, so we're going to work through it. Well, since you got two gears, we're tomorrow. Water the So that's that's where we're gonna go tonight, guys. (laughs) It's Monday. It's Monday. You never know who's gonna be on the Roddy Maglite, and you never know who's gonna be on the Roddy Maglite Racing Show. (laughs) I think that was straight from from the uh, gun jack. So, guys, y'all had a busy weekend. Oh, Rowdy. Well, it wasn't wasn't even a weekend, Rowdy. It was more like a day and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't let me overstay. You you, you stay there. Yeah, it was just a (laughs) drive there, watch a race, and turn around. Pretty much, Rowdy. Well, we get there about 8 in the morning or so, Jeff, and by – 5.30 5.30 that night, we were on the road back home. Yep. It was a good 24 night. hours after we started the trip, we were headed home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glad we went, though. Interesting racetrack, good race. Uh, that's one of those historic facilities. It needs a little facelift, and, and I was kind of surprised to, at the crowd. Uh, I thought it would be a little better, but uh, it was what it was. Uh, I mean, this is a really good race. Whoever didn't show up, I'll tell you that, Rowdy. 
Well, uh, we got Brandon Sesser coming on at around uh, eight ten Eastern time. So uh, we're, we're we're lucky to get him on tonight. I'm, I'm appreciate y'all landing that for us. We get to play that victory song. <laughs> Thanks, Rowdy. Uh, yeah, Jeff and I weren't going to get out of there uh, that Saturday evening until we uh, had yes or no. And uh, the Seltzers were very, very hospitable and, and anxious to do the show. So uh, we set it up quickly, and let's hope it, uh, the fruitation comes through with it. Well, what y'all think about this weekend, end of NASCAR? Yesterday's race. I think it I think it ended like it should have ended, honestly, with the champion of Martin Truex Jr. He uh showed it all season and uh he deserved to win and just for the story on the track and off the track, uh, with all the things all the things that they've been through this year and their professional and personal lives, I think it was a, a, a fairy tale made come true. Yes, it was. Yeah, Rowdy, I, I, I got to agree with Jeff. Uh, I guess it wasn't a major surprise to see him win it, uh, but I think it was just well-deserved. Uh, they did what they needed to do all season. Uh, they put themselves up front, and when it counted, they they seemed to strive under the pressure. So, uh, yeah, they 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 took it to everybody else, and uh, it was well deserved. I wouldn't say the pressure, Mark. I'd say adversity. They had a lot of adversity sometimes in some of these races yeah. coming down towards the end, and they, uh, you know, when they didn't didn't think they should have won, they came back and ended up winning the races and put themselves into the into the. Uh, kept on advancing from round to round. Uh, so I would say more adversity than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Good point, Jeff. Uh, but little pressure comes with adversity, too, and uh, they handled it well, being one or the other. Uh, uh, they they seemed to, uh, uh, to to pick up their game and uh, do what they needed to do. And, uh, yeah, it was a well-deserved championship win, and uh, it's possible there will be, you know, more from them. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you, I can see us down there. That's the way we need to end the, the season there live doing a show someday. Well, you know what? We might as well dream big, Rowdy, because if you don't dream big, nothing else happens. So, yeah, there'll be a day possibly that happens for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, to being at the races with, you know, two of my favorite people to, to be at the races with, you and Jeff. So, Rowdy, it's it's just we're scratching the surface right now. We're, we got a long way to go. Well, it's just, a, I tell you, that for the end of the series there is the perfect place because the weather's been perfect. Even if it was rainy, uh Still, it's not that freezing cold it would be in Atlanta like they used to finish it. And that actually hurt me. It was close to drive to Atlanta, three-hour drive. But it wasn't a place. When uh, Earnhardt won his championship there, it was cold and windy. 
Yeah, I've been to a couple of Atlanta races, and the weather always tends to be the most conducive for racing. So I, I agree with you on that. Uh, they, they have the perfect venue to put in Rowdy. They take advantage of that, and they run a really good show over. All three divisions put on really good racing this weekend, from the trucks and the Xfinity to the Cup Series. Well, you know, uh, Atlanta now's moved their dates to uh, what is it? The March the first, within a day or two of March, and that's the iffy situation to to make that whether it rains and freezing cold. Well, in Chicago, that's almost a guarantee for it, Rowdy. But Atlanta's a little bit farther south, so you got a fifty-fifty chance. Well, what was the high point of Hickory, guys? It's such a neat facility. It's an old facility. The track surface, very abrasive. Uh, uh, a tight pit road. I, I don't think there was a overwhelming highlight. I think just, just the whole race was uh, was interesting. It played out... Uh, as the lights went down, different cars came to the front, and uh, things changed up. And the guy who should have won didn't win, and the guy who did win was destined to finish second anyway. So, uh, uh, lap car, things happen. Jeff and I saw it happen right in front of us. We turned, looked at each other, draws dropped, couldn't believe what was happening. And uh, Brandon Setzer recovered, and uh Basically, stole the show, and uh, that's what you got to do. You know, sometimes you got to steal those races, and he did a great job at it, Rowdy. That's what makes it racing. <laughs> What's the you track never size? know until the second flag falls. That's right. What's the track size at Hickory? Point three six three, little over a third of a mile. So it's it's uh, it's a small half, big third. Well, those are getting fewer and fewer too, guys. Uh, I I you know that that's why you know Jeff and I decided that we had to hit hit this race. It was a good race to go to. Uh, I, I race is worth the 10 plus hour drive that we did 20 plus hours on the road you know round trip uh, but it was a good race I'm glad we got to see the track it's an older facility uh, but it's a nice facility and, and uh, all, it just needs a little clean up and, and I think it'd be uh, a real viable operation I think it is anyways they're running pretty uh and uh, they have a pretty good car count. So, uh, yeah, I'm out there. It's, it's, a, it's a great little racetrack, and we need more little racetracks like Hickory. I think just the history alone in the track, that's was one of the highlights of my weekend there. Uh, I, I took some pictures of the pit check. I thought that was a pretty cool-looking little house. Uh, just the history there. Well, listen, guys. Yeah. Well, hey, Randy, if you'll come, 
I got Randy has called twice and I was trying to bring him on. Hey, Mark, take over and give me. Got it, Rowdy. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Hey, Randy. Uh, we put some windshield time in this weekend. So, uh, how did you feel about the making the, the, the drive in, in Hickory? Was it was it worth it? Was it worth it? Sure, it was worth it. It was a new track, probably a track we might never ever get back to. So, I'm glad we made the trip. But you kind of dread the trip going to and coming home. But once you're there, you know it's worth its while then. You kind of forget about the driving part at that point where you just sit back and enjoy the facility and the the racing. And the racing was pretty good, actually, yesterday. Or I mean Saturday. And uh, I enjoyed it immensely. Oh, I did too, my especially with uh, the no no yellows. Uh, all green, all 300 laps of green lap racing. Uh, made it a little bit longer race. I made it a more interesting race with the live pit stops. Um, and I enjoy the live pit stops at at a short track like that, any kind of race, I prefer the live pit stops over the controlled pit stops. Um, just like we're going to see in Pensacola in uh, about a week and a half or so uh, for the snowball derby, they're even going back to the to the live pit stops this year again. So I enjoy them more. I, I do too, Jeff. Uh, I can see why they the the controlled stops is a. a Financial way of keeping teams from through, but uh, it has some for the longer races. It has some mystery. That's what you're looking for. The races. Hey, hey, Mark, I want to bring our next guest on. I'd like to introduce Randy LaJoy, a two time Bush champion. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Randy. Hey, what's happening, guys? I guess you're getting ready for the Snowball Derby, aren't you? Well, uh, that's uh, next week. Leave out on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, Randy, uh, two-time Bush champion, uh, what's the difference in today's technology and seats and yesterday's technology and seats? Wow. Uh, You know, there is a lot, but there's not a lot because when I came into the market 20 years ago, you know, I came in with a full containment seat. Uh, that's all I've been selling is full containment seat. It's a seat that my dad had bought from uh, Mark Donahue in uh, 1971. Uh, it was a seat that wrapped around my shoulders and fit my butt. It was a form-fitted fiberglass seat. Uh, and then I had to turn it into an aluminum seat in 1994, and none of the aluminum builders that were building aluminum seats at the time would do it because it was too difficult uh, So uh, to do it the right way. Uh, so it took me a few years to find somebody that could do the stampings to, to make the seat the way I wanted it. And uh, once I did it and invested uh, a bunch of uh, dead presidents into the into the molds and stuff to, to 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 make it the proper way uh you know we we kind of pretty much changed the way seats were made because we educated 
all of the seat builders to, to go to containment, to go to very strong, you know, I mean, we learned that stronger is better. I think that's the main thing uh, the industry has, has learned uh, since I've been in in the 20 years is <clears throat> I don't, I don't think we can make the seat strong enough. Uh, and that's what people don't understand is that, uh, the less the body moves, the less the occupant moves, the better they're going to be. That's been a game changer, too. Now it seems like some of the injuries are in the fractures in their back. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of the times the the injuries, you know, one, one of the major uh, injuries that we're seeing, uh, uh, either a concussion uh, or, or a back injury, and uh, we're seeing some of those in the sprint cars and the midgets. Uh, you know, the positioning matters in those cars. So, you know, those sprint car midgets are, they're, you know, they're riding a missile that goes right between their legs, and, uh, you know, the, the the body positioning, there's what the doctors tell you, uh, there's nothing that's safe about those things, uh, you know, but it's, a, it's an awesome vehicle to watch. It's an awesome vehicle to uh, I'm not quite sure I would do it, but uh, <clears throat> those things are, are fun to watch. Uh, they're unique to look at, uh, but they are definitely not high on the safety end of the uh, on the on the list of optimum for the driver occupants. Uh, you know, they're still hurting the occupants more percentage-wise, than any other cars that we have on the market right now. Well, as a father, you feel pretty confident about your son's racing and the new seats. Correct. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I considered myself a crash test dummy, you know, years <laughs> ago when I was, when I was doing it. Uh, you know, so I guess, you know, nowadays I really can't say, you know, I, I can't consider my son a crash test dummy, so I have to consider him a data acquisition analyst uh, for the company. <laughs> so yeah, that's how you have to change the wording around. <laughs> hey, Randy, I'm going to throw you over to Mark. I think you and Mark and Jeff met at Charlotte. Yes. Yes, we did. Yep. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being on and taking a little time to be with us tonight. And, uh, Inform the, the the consumers out there about you know a little part of another part of racing and uh, right there in the front. Uh, how many different series of race cars do you uh, supply seeds for? Uh, oh, anything. Uh, I, I, I built seats for NASA. We built seats for offshore boats, airplanes. Uh, yeah, we, we have built there, you know, if, if people are sitting, uh, in a vehicle that, that need a seat, we would build one. I mean, we're, we're a custom seat builder. Uh, if they need aluminum seat, we would build it for them. Uh, there's nothing out of our wheelhouse that we won't do. I mean, uh, yeah, we build the, the badasses aluminum race seats around, but if somebody wants something, you know, for, for gaming, for their backyard, it doesn't matter. I build them for golf, golf carts. You know, we're, we're uh, we we can do about anything. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's come a long way from the beginning, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. You learned a lot. You know, I mean, that, that's 
you know, when I first started the company, you know, I, I figured a lot of people would definitely buy a more comfortable seat, uh, you know, because it's much more comfortable the, the way when I, you know, when I you sit in my seats, the bottom of them around, uh, you know, and I tell people, I say, okay, you know, most race car drivers, you know, I, I pretty much know they all have a round butt because when I drove a race car, I, I was told plenty of times, where my head was, and most of the time it was up my butt. So I knew my I knew my butt was round, and that's something that we do in our seats with the stampings is that it's a round, you know. So I I put a round plug in a round hole. Everybody else, you know, they 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 have a flat bottom seat uh, and the corners of it. So you know they put a round plug in a square hole. And at the end of the day, it's not as comfortable. Correct. And in a long race, that makes a big difference. Absolutely. You know, a lot of guys, you know, it's okay, well, you know, they got the they got these inserts, uh, like the northeastern people uh, and the people that go snow skiing, you know, like the, like the ski boots where you got that foam that goes in and fills all the voids up around your ankles and stuff. You know, they got the same thing, you know, that the racers can use in their seats now. You know, so, but the only problem with that is, you know, okay, that's an added expense. It's an added added weight. Uh, so, like, we're a, a competitor seat. At the end of the day, you know, fits 70% of your body. So, you need something like that. So, it fills all your voids. So, number one, it, it helps you for comfort. But, and also in an impact that your whole load is just diversed all over your whole body. Uh, where my seat, you know, being that it's stamped, you know, 95% of your body is in, in contact with your seat already. So there's no need to carry uh, an extra padding, extra foam, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages with a seat that fits you already that, that you don't have to carry all the extra stuff. Well, you know, with, with the safety issues in the forefront nowadays, uh, and this is kind of a two-part question, uh do you have to change uh, your your seats year to year? Uh, how how long how how long is the seat before it's obsolete? Oh, I, I haven't seen one go out yet. Uh, I was at a trade show at Syracuse uh, this weekend, and Matt Shepard, who who won the Dirt Series Modified Championship, uh, he said, "Randy, here, come take a look at this over here." Well, here he has uh, a car that he that he run this year. And he goes, see this seat? He goes, this is my original seat that I bought from you. And well, he goes, no, I didn't even buy it from you. He goes, this was a gift. You, you gave away a seat to the winner of the Syracuse race. He goes, and I won the Syracuse <laughs> race in 2000, uh, 2003. He goes, and that's the seat. So here it was. Here it is, 2017. He won 12 races in that seat. Uh, it's still going strong. And he was complaining that the cover – you know, it, it was kind of beat up. Well, the cover's 14 years old. So I said, I said, hey, Matt, I was like, how many pairs of jeans do you have that are 14 years old that aren't tore up? <laughs> he said, oh, probably not many. I said, yeah, and you won 12 races in it this year. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, they don't go back. You know, I mean, so that's something that, uh, you know, being that that our seats are stamped. People don't realize that when you stamp something and you make it round, it's like an eggshell. It makes it very strong. Uh, you know, where everybody else's seats, when, when they're flat, 
when they were a flat piece of aluminum and they, they put it in a brake and they put a brake in it, well, they're putting a stress crack in it. So eventually there's going to be a crack in the seat and then it's going to break. Uh, where mine with the stamping, being that it's, it's round, uh, you know, there's, there's no edges that can crack. So that's, that's one of the reasons that ours lasts a whole lot longer than everybody else's. Well, it, it, it's just amazing. Uh, uh, we were down in Hickory this weekend. Uh, quite a few of your seats were in the cars down there. We we knew we were having you on this evening, and I wanted to kind of get a heads up on, on who's using them and not using them out there. And uh, I know you have competitors out there too. And, and uh, uh, if your seats last that long. It's a good thing we have all these young racers coming up that kind of supply and demand. Oh, absolutely. You know, I have a wonderful program for, for kids. That's something that I, I've worked on since Corey, uh, my boy, you know, was a kid. Uh, and one of the, my seat competitors had told me at one of the trade shows we were at, uh, he said, hey, uh, you doing me with kids' seats. And I said, well, I, I do and I don't. I said, you know, I built I built a couple for my own son, and you know the beginning beginning of the summer, you know he was, you know, three foot eight. Well, the end of the summer he was five foot tall, so he grew like a weed during the summertime. And each time he grew, you know, I had to change the seat because you know he outgrew the seat and where the belt placements were, his headrest, you know, I had to keep changing it to, to keep him safe. But every time I did that. You know, I had to buy him clothes too. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> you know, and the, so so when the competitor, the seat competitor said, "Hey, you know, you should really get into the kids market because they have to buy a new seat every six months." And I said, "Well, okay." I was like, "Do you have kids?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, see, that's kind of not fair then, you know, because the parents have to buy a lot of stuff other than seats." So uh, I was playing in a golf tournament. Uh, this, the NASCAR uh, wives put on a golf tournament, and we played with the senior tour people. And uh, Tom Kite, I was paired with Tom Kite, and he had told me about how this, the golf companies, you know, there's always a three foot eight kid, there's always a four foot two kid, there's always a four foot eight kid, there's always a five foot kid, and they all can't use the same golf club. So what they do is, okay, for the three-foot-eight kid, you buy in, and when he outgrows the clubs, you just send them back. And they kind of keep clubs in rotation. They refurbish them, and they send them out. If somebody, the next taller person needs them, they'll just keep these seats in ro- uh, or the clubs in rotation. And I said, wow, I, I should do that with the seats. Because, you know, once the kid outgrows the seat, it's no good to the parent no more. So instead of them throwing it away or trying to sell it, you know, just send it back to me, and I'll keep the kid in a good seat, whether it's I have one in stock or I have to stretch that one. But I have a nice program where the, where the parents, they, you know, they get like three seats for the cost of one. Uh, and I try to help them out because, you know, it's not their fault that kid grows. I mean, if you feed them and give them water, they're going to grow. Uh, so that's something I try to do to help the kids out and the parents. They, they they change week to week at times, Randy. I don't know how you keep up with it. Well, uh, yeah, the parents said, you know, I, I get I get a kick out of them. I said, send a picture of the kid 
in the seat when you send the seat back, and and sometimes you'll see the kid's shoulders up against the headrest, which means the kid grew four inches, you know, and it's simply amazing, you know, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I, the kid's out of the seat a little bit, you know, and, and if their legs grow, it doesn't really matter, you know, cause of the, but when the torsos grow and it moves Correct. their shoulders up out of the seat, you know, everything, everything doesn't work as good. The belts don't work. The headrest doesn't work. So, yeah, you have to really change it. But if the legs grow, you know, so be it. You just got to buy him some new pants. <laughs> well, are you going to have a display at the Snowball Derby this year? Well, I'm going to have my golf cart. I was just putting that together. Uh, I was making a list of stuff to get ready. I have to – I'm going to be the Snowball the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I got to fly out Friday afternoon. Uh, I got to go to – I'm flying into Connecticut to go to Springfield, Massachusetts to do a safety seminar and a trade show on Saturday and then flying back to the Derby on Sunday morning uh, from from Connecticut back to Pensacola Sunday morning so I can drive home and then get ready for the PRI show uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, we, we got to – and then it, pretty much every week – Weekend after that, uh, you know, is another trade show. So, I mean, this is trade show season, which is wonderful because we need the work. Uh, This is the only time to get the work because once racers start the engines up, you know, when the sun comes out back in April and May, uh, you know, they they, they, they could care less about buying a seat. That's for sure. (laughs) Racers are racers, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. That's right. When the season starts... Yeah, they'll, they'll forget about it until two weeks before. And, oh, my mm. gosh, I need a seat. Can you get it done to me in a, a half an hour? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, make sure we run into you. Yeah, appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for the information. It was wonderful. Okay, guys, anytime. Thanks, guys. Have a good holiday. You too. Jeff, take her over. Hey, Randy, you still there? No, we we dropped him. Wow. Now, I... Mark, I, I I don't. It kind of went kind of on my end. Just when you when you was te- going to the very end, it kind of seemed like you, the something broke up, didn't it, Jeff? Yeah. And he didn't hear you. He didn't hear you pass it to Jeff. I don't. I didn't well, hear. I think, it. I think he thought he was done. That's why he said, "Have a good holiday." Like he was like he didn't think anybody else was doing anything, and then he he probably hung up. Yeah. Well, hey. I appreciate Randy coming on. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Maybe I went a little long, Jeff. It's all good. We'll see. Hey, we'll see if what? That's eight, twelve days. How many days is the Derby? Uh, twelve days, Rowdy. Uh. Wednesday night, 
week from Wednesday night, Jeff and I will be having Southbound nice time. And uh, we got a lot of people we need to see work out the Derby. That's, that's the that's the social time for racers. Uh, if you're not racing, you're down next year, and that's what we're going to be doing. I'm looking what, forward what are, to it, guys. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of people we need to see and talk with Rowdy, uh, especially since the car count just went up. There are 57 pro-late models entered, 67 super-late models entered. There's going to be a lot of people going home, and uh, that's a shame, but that's what makes the Derby so darn exciting. Yes, it is, guys. It's a lot of dis, a lot of disappointed drivers going home. There are, uh, and, and you know what? You gotta wonder what makes these guys want to go up against the best, beat the best, outperform the best, and this this is the one race you can do it, Rowdy. No rules, just the rules and regulations of the race. No sanctioning body, no points, no nothing like that. It's just win and take it home, and uh, that's what makes that's another part of you know what makes the Derby so special too. Yeah. Well, the fiftieth. Well, let's see. Jeff and I are heading to our eighth, uh, seventh, and our eighth be together. Uh, this will be my 10th Derby all over overall, and uh, uh, they just keep getting better year after year, and I don't know how it happens, Rowdy. Well, I'm looking forward to it, guys. I am, too. Uh, we missed Rowdy. We missed uh, Jeff last year when he had to take uh, care of things back home, but uh, we're going to be the three of us together this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. How about you, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get back for the 50th. I think it's going to be a special year. Yeah, I wonder what Mr. Bryant's coming up with for this special event. Because, I mean, every derby special. But this one takes it above and beyond. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. Well, uh, hopefully we're going to have dry weather. Well, the last time I looked at the cast, we had dry weather, so we'll uh, we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope it stays that way. Could have been thirty-four. Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate on all the races this year. And I, I don't think, let's see, I think I've got eight races or nine races in this year. Been lucky well, to get probably. those in. Uh, I, I'm amazed you've got that many in for for what you've had to deal with the past year or so. And uh, uh, that will all change next year, and uh, you'll, you'll be on the bandwagon again. That's right. Uh, if. If things go according to plan and we don't have a rain out at the Derby, uh, 
The Snowball Derby on Sunday will be my 70th race of the year. 70. And I think it'll be Jeff 60th. That's not bad, guys. No, and a lot of those were part of the Arca season, too, Rowdy. So we we covered a, a good part of the Arca season this year. And uh, that's something I, you know, really hold close to my heart. And uh, we got to know everybody so well. And you know, we go to these other races, it's like we miss our Arca family. Yeah. I understand completely. But we may run into a few of them next weekend, and uh, uh, all have good stories to tell about our Thanksgiving and talk about racing that's going to happen on next year. And that's why I'm looking forward to our next guest to get more information on what's going to happen next year, Rowdy. Yeah, talk about silly schedule season. What, I think they've got seven races confirmed. New track, Berlin. New old. I think logistically it makes sense Berlin for for them to go up to the to, to Minnesota. Uh, nice facility, <laughs> great facility, really, really good race. Uh, but. I think travel-wise, it, 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 the logistics of it just wasn't the easiest to get to, Rowdy. But, Mark, you can't say they're not going to Minnesota. They haven't come out and said that. So that's, that's, Yeah, that's right. I I apologize on that. You're right there, Jeff. Uh, they've, can, they've canceled some other races that they still could go to Minnesota. Because that was a really great event. Well, Another one of our race days. They hadn't said Talladega, but I'm sure Talladega's on the list. No, and you know Michigan, and uh, uh, you talked earlier, Rowdy, about the the Charlotte race that's possibly going to be happening. Well, so far we know Daytona. Two Salem's, two Poconos, Berlin, Iowa, and Iowa. Correct. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should get Jeff's view of this. If they go back to Charlotte, are they going to go back the uh, weekend of the road course? And do they run the road course, Jeff? I would say if they're going to go back to the weekend of the road course, I think they would almost have to run the road course because they probably wouldn't be set for the oval. No, it'd be, it would be difficult, I think, to set a situation up where you could run both. Uh, uh, again, logistics. And, uh, I, I was just curious because, you know, there are some the road courses aren't back on the schedule this year, so I would be Rowdy and I just were speculating. That's all it is at this point, folks, speculation. We have no confirmation in any of these. We're just kind of throwing some ideas out. 
like I said, if they're going if they're going down there that same weekend, if they went down there that same weekend, I think it would be the road course and not the oval because they probably had to reconfigure part of that oval into the road course. So they would probably have to make some changes to the oval, and they would and they're probably not going to switch back and forth to do both races. I yeah, I agree. I agree. Not with all the practice. All the practice on top of that, right, Rowdy? Qualifying practice times. Uh, no, I don't think they can change the track over quick enough. Well, I'm looking forward to it, guys. It's, uh, we're, we're in about 86 days, 87 days to actual date February the 10th. Ooh, it'll be here before we know it, Rowdy. Beginning of February, just that's that's the time of year I'm thinking about getting out of town and getting out of Florida for a few days and checking out the Arctic action where it's warmer. Yeah, I'd like to be able to go to testing down there too. That was. Talladega was nice. That was hey, that's that's that pressure with no pressure. Well, you said it was such a relaxed atmosphere that day, and you were able to talk with people, and uh, uh, that's you know that's what we're all about: is talking with people and getting the word out, Rowdy. So uh, <laughs> you sure did a good job of that. That's for yep, you sure did a good job of that. Well, we got Don calling in here in a few minutes. Uh, I'm looking forward to Don. Don's a, he's got a good record going with consecutive races in ARCA. Can't wait to let him tell you that one. He's kind of a historian, too, like Bob Lemons is at Winchester. He is, Rowdy. He is. Uh, they're both interesting gentlemen, and uh, we enjoy having him on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking with Don, getting a chance to chat with him. We don't have to worry about him running off to take care of business at the track. <laughs> yeah, that, our race weekend, busy guy. Very busy. Uh, I'm trying to say hello and chat with us a little bit, but we know what he's got. Uh, he's got a, a loaded plate at the racetrack. So, yeah, he handles a lot. He does it well. Hey, you know, Johnny won't be in uh, Daytona, so you might be on the outside looking in. Johnny's not going to be at Daytona. No. That's... Hey, and, uh, yeah, I need, I need to talk to Don, too, myself. I'm going to tell him they need to fire Bobby so I can drive. <laughs> I doubt that would work, though. <laughs> Well, our pace car experts. Hey, I guarantee I could drive better than I could. (laughs) Not the way that you want to end your NASCAR career. No. But she's going to race the Daytona 500. 
And the Indy 500. Right. There's two two places that be no pressure, pressure with no pressure. Hey, I think, hey guys, you know that 36 races that's a, that's a lot of racing going on. That's you you you're on high demand for a good 40 weeks out of the year. If not more, Rowdy, if not with the commitments with sponsorship and the commercial deal and all that stuff, you're yeah, you're lucky you have any time for yourself anymore. Right. I think so, guys. Well, the season's almost over, but I was looking at my calendar, Rowdy, and let's see, four, six. We got seven races left this year for Jeff and I, and, uh, uh, a wide variety of racing that is. We're going to see dirt track cars indoors. We're going to see midgets in the concrete floor in Fort Wayne indoors. We're going to see the, the Derby outdoors. Uh, we got a heck of a new season going on. We're going out with a bang, that's for sure. Y'all still got a few races to go, too, don't you? Yeah, we have seven races left, Marty. Uh I'll admit we'll race every month, at least one race month all year long. So I covered the gamut of the whole 12 months. I saw at least one race every month. Sometimes two or three or four. Now, how many races is that going to give you an aisle for the year? Uh, should be six. 53 for Jeff and 73 for me. 73 and 50. I'm feeling the two, Howdy. Uh, Jeff and I were doing the trip to Hickory, but we're feeling it today, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a pretty good drive, wasn't it, guys? Mostly interstate. All interstate. And that's the good part, but in all honesty, I miss Josie. <laughs> she she likes going on those road trips. That's, that's what she was built for. Yeah. Well, you know, it makes it convenient, don't it? Oh, it's, it's just a little extra comfort, a little extra room, a little extra this, a little extra that. Uh yeah, it's 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 just a nice travel vehicle, tailgate vehicle, you name it. It, it does it well, Rowdy. And uh, not having uh, uh, the, the campers past weekends, uh, we we make we notice we notice the differences. That's for sure. But we we hung in there. We we did the best uh, with what we had, and it worked out well. And that was your big surprise track for the year, Hickory. I think so. I think so. Van uh, and Duck River were uh, Hickory. We kind of had on the radar for a while, but Duck River was the last minute decision we decided to go to, and uh, it was an eye opener, Rowdy. 
what an evening of racing we saw that night at the probably the most out of the out of the way track I've ever been to. Period. Out of all the racing, that was one of the most out and nowhere. Well, history was my 134th different racetrack. So I've been to a few now, and I, I may not be an expert at all of it, but for what <laughs> I intended, yeah, it, it was out there, Rowdy. It, Jeff and I were going down this one road going, where are we headed to? And we came over a little hill, and there was a track down below us, and, you know, uh, the GPS was aligned. That that makes finding a track a lot easier, doesn't it, Mark? Jeff, do you think we would have been able to find Duck River if we hadn't had the GPS? Probably not. I don't think so either. But an interesting race. We saw a lot of good racing that night, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was a good show. Good weekend. It was a very good weekend. And the next day we ran into Rowdy and saw some more good racing. Yeah. That fairgrounds so, is that's an that's an awesome track, guys. Fair, uh, fairgrounds Speedway in Nashville. Well, it's one of my favorites, Rowdy, to my top five, uh, for a good reason. Uh, just darn good racing, no matter what the series is. Well, guys, can you believe that the 2017 ARCA Series is the 66th year? Wow, Rowdy. Uh, it, it went by quickly, a lot quicker than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you live in... We were just in Daytona in February, and now the season's over. Uh, exactly, guys. That was a great weekend, too. It was a stress reliever for me, but it it was a beautiful weekend. The weather was perfect. It worked out well, Rowdy. Uh, we did some things we never thought we'd be able to do, and we did it fairly well for what we had to do it with. And uh, A couple of live podcasts. Maybe the second one didn't walk quite as well as the first, but it was a learning experience. Well, listen, guys, I'm going to bring on our next guest, uh, the Q- Communications Director for ARCA Racing Series presented by Menards, Don Rothball. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Don. Hey, Rowdy. How are you? Always good to be with you. Thank you, uh, Don. Usually when we get to see each other, you're hustling to t- to tell the story. Yeah, uh, I, sometimes I just fake it too. It just looks <laughs> like I'm busy. <laughs> well, you, no, you do I, a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I work pretty hard at it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I do enjoy. You know, the off season is, is nice too because you do get a little pause from the travel, and uh, you know, and it's holiday season too, so it's all good. How are you doing? Doing great, Don. You know, I want to say thank you. Uh, if you go and follow me on social media, and I'll 
the stories that, that I post are Don's stories. And, Don, you do a great job. I always enjoy. I mean, I learn. Everybody learns a lot when you when you follow and keep up with it. Well, uh, thank you, Rowdy. I, I appreciate you saying so. And uh, we certainly, on behalf of the series and everyone that belongs to this thing, we appreciate what you do. Uh, we see the social media and Facebook tweets out there and the, and the posts. Uh, uh, so, you know, you're, you're our, one of our biggest fans out there and you really help spread the word and what's happening within the ARCA series. And we really appreciate all you do for us. And we know it's a lot. Well, uh, Don, I was a testing at Talladega and that was the day that you did the write up on, uh, Earl Bonner and, uh, Earl, oh, yeah. Earl, Earl, you know, is from my hometown, and I was over there talking to him, and I said, Earl, did you, uh, I, I said, Earl, I'd like to write up on you today. He looked at me and goes, did it, was it in today? And I said, yes. Yeah. So, so I handed him my iPhone, and he put on his glasses, and when he got done, the look on his face was priceless. He goes, that's pretty much everything I told him to say, and he did a good job, didn't he? Uh, That is so funny. Um, I, I absolutely love Earl. Uh, he's been, you know, he's been such a big part of this thing going back to the, gosh, the 1970s. He's been a fixture on the ARCA tour and he's a wonderful man. I didn't realize he was from your hometown. Uh, I know it's, what town is that? Uh, Don, it's Carbon Hill, Alabama. He graduated in 1959 and he did what everybody in Alabama used to have to do. They went to Michigan to go to work in the automobile industry, and he never looked back. He he don't, he says the humidity is horrible down here. Uh, yeah, um, he he's definitely an interesting story. I I never realized you guys were from the same exact hometown in Alabama. But uh, uh, Earl's been a wonderful friend of mine, and he, he's a wonderful man, and he's very knowledgeable. You know, he's the kind of guy we need chasing this thing and, and helping us along. I mean, he, he's a, a, an expert engine builder, uh, and so he knows, and he's in charge of those restrictor plates, and uh, he knows what he's looking at when that hood comes up on those cars, and those that's the kind of value and uh, uh, that we need uh, on this tour. We're, we're, we're very grateful for Earl. I got another story coming out tomorrow. I mean, um, we usually do meet someone like meet Earl Bonner was maybe last Tuesday or two weeks ago, whenever it was, but we do a meet story every Tuesday morning and we got a pretty cool one coming tomorrow on Patty Schacht. I don't know if you, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Bob Schacht. Uh, Patty is married to Bob, a little preview for you here, but Patty, Patty is an in- interesting story. She's the, uh, uh, fastest female, uh, uh, stock car driver in history with her record setting lap at Talladega, down by you guys, um, back in, uh, what, 1987, she posted a qualifying speed of 199 point, I think it was 607, but, so, so an interesting little neat story coming out on her tomorrow, so, uh, yeah, there's just, I mean, this place, when, when you've been around for 66 years, you, there is, you don't ever have to look hard for a story, there, there's one right around the next corner, there, this place has such cool history, and we love telling well, Don, what's your uh, record on how the consecutive? How many years have you been with ARCA? Well, I'm I'll be starting my 22nd consecutive year in 2018, Rowdy. I've been uh, I've been to every ARCA race 
since I started at Daytona in 1997. I've never missed one. Um, I, I, the number is uh, 446 in a row. Um, you know, and, and I, I look at that number, and in comparison to, like, the other side of the fence, uh, it might seem like not a big deal. But on our side, you know, we only get 20 races a year. Like, Cup will run 36 times in a season. So, uh, But we typically average in about 20 races a year. So uh, to get to that number, 446, uh, it, it takes a – it takes 22 years <laughs> to do it, and uh, I'm, I'm still doing it, and I'm grateful for all of it. Well, Don, I tell you, it's just a wonderful group to be around and work with, and I've enjoyed it. It's a privilege. Yeah, yeah, we've seen you a lot on the tour. I mean, some of the places you pop up all the way from uh, Alabama is just just amazes me. I mean, to see you walking around in the pit area for the Fall Classic at Salem, I mean, I just think to myself, wow, that's that's cool that he that he comes to all these races and and, and does this. Um, I just think it's neat, and I think I think uh, you you're you're one of the one of the people that understand this series and appreciate what it's all about you know all its character and diversity and running those cool classic short tracks the winchesters the salems and the the toledos and you know and then next week playing on a mild dirt track and running all the big super speedways and daytonas and chicago's and talladega's and michigan's and poconos and Eh, maybe even a road course every now and then too. So uh, it's an interesting tour, and I think uh, I think you get that. It, you know, it, plus the fact that the way we're merging into the future is just incredible. Being part of Elmore and Five Star and the new, the new ARCA that's coming up that that's here. Yeah, yeah, and and I gotta tell you, Rowdy, that uh, I've been chasing this thing for 21 years now. And I have never seen, and I'm I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I've never seen better racing, more competitive racing, more often, more everywhere than I did this year on this tour. The racing was phenomenal. Those short track shows, if you if you get Mav TV, you saw some really classic short track races that come down to the inch to the wire and. And those mile and a half speedways at the end, when there were four wide, and the and the two tracks, the two races on the mile dirts this year, those were really really good. And you know, doggone it, it came down to the last turn on the road course at Road America. I mean, it was just one great race after another. And and I don't know all the reasons why. I I do believe the composite bodies that look so cool are helping a lot. The the Arca Elmore 396 engine has brought a lot of parity to the tour uh the the quality of the equipment is better there's just the teams and the work they're putting in to to make their programs go it uh, wasn't too long ago four or five years ago you could pick five cars that might race now you can pick 15 that can win everywhere we go and as a result the racing has has just been so good this year uh it's, it, i've never seen anything like it well you know we have a lot of people who do you think can win and I, and all of our return is well 17 to 15 cars is uh and it's hard to pick a winner uh don i'm gonna throw you over to mark you know mark is one that helps me do all this and uh mark you're live with don Ryderbaugh. hey mark hi good to have you on the show thanks for taking the time to be with us 
Yes, sir. I'm always it's it's fun. I always love being on Rowdy Show. Well, I too. That's why I'm still doing it with him. And uh, <laughs> we just never know who to throw up on the show. And uh, when he told me he had, he had set it up uh, for you to be on, I was really excited because I always enjoy seeing you at the track. But you're so busy. Uh, it's hard to to sit back and chat and, and find out all those interesting things. So uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, yeah, Mark, and I appreciate seeing you guys at the track. I, I, uh, it, it seemed like we saw you more and more this year as well. Um, I don't know how you guys do it, but man, we see see you at a lot of the ARCA races. Well, that was our primary goal was to cover as many races as we could this year, Don, and uh, we we did a pretty good. But what did you uh, think? What did you think of the racing you saw? Out of all the racing I saw. Uh, I thought it was some of the best racing, period. And, and Jeff and I got to a lot of other races besides ARCA. So by comparison, I think uh, competitively wise and viewer uh, uh, wise and, and, and fan wise, the racing was probably some of the best racing I saw all season, Don. Yeah, um, it really was spectacular. And I've got to believe. Uh, it's only going to get better. Um, and we, we're, and it's not just me, you know, tooting our own horn. Uh, we're hearing this from a lot of people. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's me tooting the horn too, but, uh, uh, you can, you can, you know, lay on the horn when, when it is that good. And we really did have a good year, uh, on the, on, on the racing side of the, out of the deal. So it was a lot of fun. And, uh, we, we, I think we're going it, to, it's going to be just as good or better next year. Well, I, I think uh, the the rules package, the uh, the composite body, the Omore, the the whole thing just uh, has come to fruition, and I think it's just going to get better and better through the years for for the Arctic series. And the racing's going to get better. And, uh, there there are so many places you can go to drive cars with uh, with radial tires on a variety of speedways, and uh, Arc is one of the few ones that allows you to do that, Don. Yeah, um, and that's true, and and uh, and that's you know that's part of the the niche in the industry we have going. Um, you know, if you're gonna go super speedway racing in these big heavy uh, NASCAR style stock cars, um, you're you're gonna get on a super speedway for the first time somewhere, and often that's here in the ARCA racing series, and you know you just don't you don't necessarily just go to NASCAR, bang on their door, and say, here I am, I'm, I'm going to come racing, uh, it's probably a better idea, uh, specifically on the uh, super speedway uh, side, that you, you take a run here for a year and uh, get your feet wet and learn how these super speedways race and these big, heavy cars. So it, it's an important niche, I think, the series serves in the industry to train these uh, young up-and-coming racers, of which there's so many of right now, uh, to, to go super speedway, big time super speedway racing, and uh, I, I think it's a one one really really smart springboard to uh, to to uh, a bigger league for sure. Well, you don't have a lot of options, uh, especially on the short track level. Where a few years ago you had a series where you did like pit stops, you did longer distance racing. That just doesn't exist anymore, except for the special events. So if you get pit stop experience, uh, super speedway experience, whatever.
whatever the experience may be with the bigger, heavier cars, you really have to go through Arco. Yeah, um, I, I I suppose on the super speedway side, you, you you really do, or at least I think it's smart to go through ARCA if you're headed in that direction, uh, specifically if you've never done it before. Um, and, and yes, you you, you got to run a super speedway somewhere for the first time, somehow, someway, somewhere, and that somehow, someway, somewhere is typically here in the ARCA Racing Series. That's a, an important niche I think the, the tour serves in the overall uh, industry as a stepping stone to, uh, you know, that bigger league. Um, and what the heck, we get to go race just for fun on the dirt tracks, too. I mean, how cool is that? That's very cool. I think your key word in that uh, uh, statement was that uh, is a niche market, uh, but a very big and broad niche market uh, with, with, I think, a growing fan base. Uh, people are not as excited about 500 miles as they used to be, Don, and, and I think Arthur's package fits right into what the more modern space is looking for. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting um, topic, actually, the, the, the distance of the stock car races these days. Uh, I, I, I think that NASCAR is even, um, or, or, or certainly are thinking about, I mean, they have over the years lessened some of their 500 mile races to 400 miles. And, and maybe they're thinking on scaling it down even more in in the future. I don't know uh, what their, their overall plan is, but the 200 lap or the 200 mile race seems to be, I mean, that's always been about the distance here. Uh, uh, Nothing's really changed in that regard, but being that uh, maybe it is a little harder to keep an audience, uh, over a three or four hour race than it would be just a, a you know, we, most of the ARCA races are done over in an hour and a half or less. And by God, you're on the edge of the seat for that hour and a half. And I think uh, we, we have a better shot at keeping the viewer, the listener uh, in a shorter sprint style race. And let's face it, we're all, you know, searching and, and uh, grasping for the, for the younger audience. They're the future uh, fan base for, you know, big time stock car racing and, and with the world at their fingertips with everyone with a cell phone in their hand, they don't really have to go anywhere to be entertained. So it's harder and the entertainment, uh, you know, finding, finding all those uh, new race fans is becoming more challenging. But if you have a, I think a little shorter, more compact race, you got a better shot at, at getting some of those, uh, those new race fans. in. I'm, I'm a little concerned that, uh, you know, some of the new kids coming up, uh, just aren't car crazy like we were in our day, you know. And so we got to work extra harder to show them uh, young people coming up uh, through the ranks that this sport really is cool and something that they should pay attention to. And, and, and when they do, they're going to like it. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Don. And uh, we could go on and on all night with this. But I'm going to turn you over to Jeff. And uh, let, I know he's got some questions for it. And, uh, it's always great seeing you at the track. Hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, have a great holiday this week. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. It was really nice to see you at all those races. And uh, we don't want you to think that goes unnoticed. Uh, we're, we're grateful that uh, you take the time and an effort to come see what we do. Well, that's uh, our main purpose of the show has been to, to focus on ARCA. And, and that's what we mainly want to keep on doing, Don, and uh, with with your help, uh, we'll continue on doing that, so 
Happy holidays. Are you? And uh, I'm turning it over to Joe. Take her away, Joe. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Don, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking time out and being on the show. Yes, sir. Good to good to talk with you, Jeff. Um, through the through the season, is there any major stories that stick out to you, or highlights that stick out to you for this year? I mean, uh, yeah, Austin Terrio. I mean, we pulled that story to death, but it just keeps coming back for more. I mean, car owner Ken Schrader. You know, he's just so cool to have him part of the tour and have his number 52 car everywhere. But, you know, people, and I know you've probably told this story before, but people wrote off Austin Ferrio, you know, when he broke his back uh, running for uh, Keselowski, I guess it was on the, on the truck side, uh, crashed it there at Las Vegas. I mean, he went home and healed up as best as he could and he was in a late model car and he wasn't, you know, he was in mediocre rides and nothing much was happening by a happenstance meeting at PRI last year, he bumps into Ken Schrader, and next thing you know, he's got an opportunity to drive the car at Daytona, and and, and by God, wouldn't you know, he drove with the victory lane. And, and just the fact that in this year that, you know, Rowdy and I were just talking about how competitive this year was across the board and how hard it was to win one race anywhere, no matter who you are, uh, he, he, he ripped off seven wins in probably uh, Arca's arguably most competitive season in many, many, many years to do what he did. And he won the short track championship. He won the super speedway championship. He won the Bill France four crown. He swept the board in many regards. And, uh, and, and, and I just think his story is just an amazing comeback story. Uh, he's a neat kid. First ever Arca champion from the state of Maine. Uh, we've only had one other driver in the history of our 65 years, almost 66, ever win a race from Maine. That was Joe Bessie at Atlanta Motor Speedway back in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that fan base, that, that's what blew me away, running the chat board on all these races. these I don't know where they came from, but these fans from Maine are bonkers over Austin Terrio. And, boy, that really, really beefed up our fan base. He brought, he brought a lot of people to us. I think he's the, you know, he's the champion. He should be the biggest story, and, and he is. Still with me? Yeah, I'm so. Yeah, I agree with the processing all that. I wasn't sure if you were done or we just. I heard a little break up I, a little. I wasn't sure. You know, I think it kind of even boosted our fan base because every time we were at the track and we were taking pictures and sending pictures, we would always get requests, send pictures of Austin, send pictures of Austin. So, you know, like, so Roddy's like communicating us. That's, that's one of the things we needed to do. So, I, you yeah. know, I thought, and, you know, we were talking about the roles with the Ilmore engines and uh, the, uh, the new body styles. I think you got to give a lot of credit to these drivers too this year. Some of these these young drivers that we have, like the uh, Riley Hurst, uh, all these young drivers, they've made the series unbelievable this year and so competitive. Yeah, there, there's there's so many so many great young drivers coming up. I I can't I, I can't keep count of them. Um, I, I really think on the young driver side. 
MDM Motorsports was a big story. You're asking about big stories. I think you put MDM Motorsports in that category. They won, what, four races with four different drivers, which is very difficult to do, working with different drivers everywhere. They won Justin Haley at Talladega and uh, Harrison Burton at Toledo and, gosh, Brandon Jones at Michigan and uh, someone else somewhere else. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought and, – and they've already announced uh, – I think they're going to be two or three cars uh, strong next year full time. They were, you know, they didn't run the whole thing this year, but you're going to see way more of MDM next year. Sheldon Creed, who didn't win a race this year, uh, he's the next guy in line that's probably going to win one or or certainly a a strong candidate. He'll be back full time next year. Zane Smith, who didn't win a race this year, finished second a couple of times. A couple of polls for him too, but the, you know, he didn't win a race, but he'll be due, and he's coming full-time with an MDM ride next year. And I think uh, I think there's another full-time MDM guy they haven't yet announced yet. So uh, they were a big story this year. I think they're going to be a bigger one next year. Yeah, I don't agree with you there. Like, you made a good point because I we've always kind of noticed their cars and their paint schemes, you know, with Michael Self being in there to send clear car. Uh, oh, he was, yeah, he, was, he was the guy that won, the other guy that won for MDM. Yeah. He almost Michael won the dog. I came, then he came back Michael and won Sale. in Kentucky or something. Yeah. Yeah, what did I say? So, did I say Michael Self? Yeah. Yeah, Michael, it was Michael yeah. Self with the Sinclair car. I think he almost had yeah. it won at Chicago, and he ended up blowing a tire with like one or two laps left, and I think he came back a week or two later and won, finally won. Yeah, but they were amazing. That was a great story, too. Um, can I get your thoughts? Um, just recently we had a passing with a, a, a ARCA driver, C.W. Smith. Do you have any thoughts on him, or can you tell anything about him? Well, I, I certainly remember C.W. Smith very well. Um, he, he never ran the full tour, uh, but uh, he ran a lot of the big tracks. He was a super speedway guy, and, you know, he's he's like a lot of those guys, ARCA drivers that, uh, you know, they just do this for the sheer excitement and thrill of it all. It's not a vocation for them. It really is uh, for the uh, competitiveness and, and and the fun of it all. C.W. Smith was, he was a superman, a very nice man. Uh, I, I really liked him. Uh, he was from Williamsport, Pennsylvania, very near where Blaze Alexander was from, and they're in Montoursville, Pennsylvania. But he would come and uh, you know, he was a interesting story because he was a Pennsylvania state trooper. That's how he earned his living and, and and fed his family. And he worked hard at that. And he was a good good. He was very good at it. And and, and the, his uh, you know last few years of work, he was a criminal investigator. And every now and then he'd pack up and go to the Arca race at Talladega and turn himself into a to a race car driver. So um, just a a cool story, a lot of character, a lot of personality. Wonderful man, very, very kind, and uh, I, uh, I just thought a lot of him. Um, I know he made some Xfinity Series starts too, but most of his tenure in the racing world was here, and uh, and I know he won a championship back home in Pennsylvania, Feelings Grove Speedway, a half mile dirt track with his son, which was cool. But uh, um, just a really, really cool guy, and uh, I was uh, privileged to know him. Now, is anything, 
is there anything out there we can look forward to next year that you might be able to talk to about talk to us about? Well, uh, 55th annual Daytona Arctic Lucas Oil 200 at Daytona sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, but you already knew that, right? Uh, what a privilege it is to go to Daytona every year to start your season. I mean, most people end with their Super Bowl. You know, we start with our Super Bowl, which is a little different, but it is our marquee event, and uh, it's always exciting, and it's been on our schedule every year since 1964. So, so part of the tradition and the history there couldn't be more privileged to be. Um, I mean, you're going to see a, a few new tracks on the tour this year that we weren't at last year, and, and uh, I wish I could just blurt them out. And I, but honestly, I've seen, it, I've seen a lot of them already mentioned out on social media. Go ahead. But we're gonna, yeah, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna you know what, I'll tell you right now, the schedule, unless something gets in the way at the last eleventh hour second, the schedule for two thousand eighteen is coming out uh this Wednesday. Great. So, so 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 there's your I wish I could give you more, but I'll uh I, I I'm still trying to feed myself too and I really didn't want to lose my job over it so um, oh we understand I'll, uh, but but look for it uh, on the website coming out sometime uh, maybe wednesday afternoon before the thanksgiving break i think uh like i said if, if nothing gets away in the last hour we, we should be good to go with the release here wednesday now so, and yeah there's some the, new stuff on it yeah i well with some of the tracks that have been released already we're going back to berlin how do you? What's your thoughts about that? What do you? What's your? What do you think about that? I mean, well, uh, first off, they weren't on the schedule this year, 2017. So we're going back, uh, and I was, I was sad that, that that track wasn't on the schedule because that's one of those really cool character personality tracks. It's only, you know, a point four mile track, less than a half mile. It's one of the most unique short tracks, I've, I've ever been to. Period. Uh, there's no backstretch wall, so if you sail off there, you just go sailing off into the weeds. Uh, it's 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 not it's it's not an oval. It's a it's a circle, and you it's just one big circle, and you're turning all the time. It's a rhythm track. It's really really cool. And, and pit road is like no other track we've ever gone to. I mean, you literally when you come onto pit road at Berlin, you turn left. Uh, you do a 90-degree left-hand turn at, at the middle of turns one and two, one and two. You come down pit road backwards the wrong way. They pit on both sides. It's insane. And then coming off pit road, they have to do a 180-degree loop to get back uh, up off of turn four back uh, onto the track. So it's just amazing. And, and, and our history there, you know, this is our 30th race it'll be. Coming up in 2018, you know, we've been, you know, we missed a lot of uh, races over the years, but our history there goes back to, I think it's 1958 or 59 when we first raced there. And when we first raced there, it wasn't the the 0.4 mile paved oval you see now. It was a high bank half mile dirt track. So our first, I don't know, five or six winners at Berlin were on the half mile dirt track, which is really cool. Uh, But, you know, they shaved it down to the, Four mile paved track in 1964, and it's been pretty much that way ever since. You know, if, if you're at Berlin and you walk off of turn three and walk way back into the weeds, you can still the cement wall that was the old half mile high bank dirt track. Parts of it, it's still there, <laughs> buried in the buried in the earth. Uh, 
but it's uh, it, it's really neat. What a cool track! Uh, great history, and Arca is just a perfect fit there. It's always a, a, a just an awesome short track race. Yeah, that's a great because me and Mark that's kind of close to us. Not close, but close enough, and it is a, a unique track. Um, Don, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight, and I wanted to wish you and your family and the whole ARCA family a happy Thanksgiving and uh, look forward to see you hopefully at the banquet. Hey, you bet, Jeff. Uh, I, I am definitely scheduled to appear the 65th annual ARCA Championship Awards banquet. That's uh, December 9th, Saturday night in uh, Indianapolis. That's a uh, convention center there. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having us again, and happy holidays to all. Roddy? Don, uh, I, I sure appreciate you taking time out, and uh, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Happy Thanksgiving this coming weekend, and happy holidays, and looking forward to the 55th running of the ARCA, which will be the 66th year. Yeah, hey, by the way, you know who uh, made Thanksgiving, don't you? Who's that? Who's responsible? Who's who? My hero, Abraham Lincoln. He made. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. So if you have any days off this year at Thanksgiving, you can you can thank you. Don, I always did. Yeah. I enjoy. I enjoy your your stories. Really do. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, man. It, it, it's well, a pleasure for you to be there. Well, that's a good time for family to get together, and I'm looking forward to that schedule being leaked out there on Wednesday. Look for it Wednesday. Well, give us all something to talk about Thanksgiving weekend. Don, thanks a lot for being part of this, and we appreciate all your help, sir. Yes, sir, Rowdy. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, I can, Don's always a good talk when we get him on. <laughs> He's a great guest, and, and it's so much fun to talk with him. We don't have to worry about him running off to take care of something at the track, Rowdy. Well, guys, uh, what we're going to do next is uh, bring on our next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, direct your attention to Victory Lane as Rowdy and Mark visit with this week's winner. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome the winner of the Mason-Dixon Mega Meltdown 300, number six, Brandon Sesser. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, Brandon, what was your feelings there in Victory Lane before you jumped out and did your victory dance? Man, it was awesome. I had so many emotions running through me there. Um, you know, it's the first ever race that I've actually run that had pit stops. Um, so, you know, everybody had some, some of the guys hired cup crews and some of the guys hired all these guys and and I had my regular guys. My dad was a tire changer. Um, my cousin was a gas man. Uh, my buddy, who's a mechanic, was a jack man. I mean, just stuff like that. And that means the world. You know, we take a take an older car and outrun some of these really high-dollar teams. 
Um, you know, we got lucky, but it wasn't the best car, but we got lucky. We were in the right position to get the break that we needed. So, uh, man, it was just so special, so much fun. Well, Brandon, you don't have to lead but one lap, and that's the last one, man. That's the one that gets the checkered flag. Exactly, yep. And we only led two. That was the last lap of the next to last lap. But, like I say, that's all we needed, and it, uh, it was huge for us. Like I say, we, we've had an up-and-down year, and, and we went on a pretty long dry spell. Um, so it was really big to get that win at the end of the year to finish off our season on the right note. Brandon, how'd you get here, man? When did you start racing? Man, I started racing uh, super late models about four years ago. I've been in the super late models, but uh, I'm running local short track stuff since I was about 15. I'm 24 now. Um, so I've been racing a long time. You know, uh, I grew up watching my dad race in the truck series uh, many years, and um, Bush and a little bit of everything. He he done it all. Um, so grew up watching watching him and learning uh, learning all his tricks of the trade. So um, definitely runs in my blood, and, and I enjoy every bit of it. Well, I'm going to throw you over here to Mark. Mark was at the race at Hickory Motor Speedway when, and actually seen seen you down in Victory Lane. Mark, you're live with Brandon Sesser. Hi, Brandon. Congratulations on your win. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, we love having winners, and uh, you definitely were that on Saturday. Uh, congratulations again. Thank you, sir. Yep, really appreciate it, man. That was that was so much fun. That's a, it's a dine I'll never forget. That's for sure. You know, it was a it was definitely a race of attrition. A lot of um, a lot of accidents. A long race, 300 laps. By far, like I say, by far the longest race I've ever done. Um, so, man, it was it was super special to get that big one there at home. Um, I live five minutes from the racetrack. Kind of grew up at the racetrack, so um, right home. All the friends and family were here, so. Uh, that makes it extra special. I, I can well imagine uh, when we uh, approached your father while you were in Victory Lane taking pictures about possibly being on the show this evening, he was just so, uh, yeah, he'll be on, no problem. We'll call in and then after that, it was never a hesitation. And, and we appreciate that. And uh, he's a great guy. I watched the race for many years. And, yes, uh, that blood seems to run through you, too. Yep, yep, absolutely. Like I say, he was the tire changer on there, so I'm proud of him for he was the tire changer, the crew chief, the he was everything. I mean he he works on the car all the time. Uh it's just me and him work on the car in the shop, so uh he had that thing dialed in for me. It was it's a lot of fun whenever you can take just a good group of guys and and just be like old time racing, you know. He you hear him tell the stories about um when he used to start racing late models and uh just a bunch of good group of guys that, that had a good time didn't get paid none of that just went out and had a good time and that's that's the situation we were in and uh man that, that just makes it so special when it, when you can do something like that and and you know you're out running people that's paying you know uh thousands and thousands of dollars to sit in the seats they're sitting in and uh you know uh, it's just that just makes it special well you know what the, the nice thing about Brandon is sometimes that hard work pays off doesn't it yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. And and I know we me and my dad stayed up till about three three nights, um, before the race till about twelve o'clock. Uh, we actually loaded a car up uh Thursday morning at two o'clock, um, took it to the racetrack, you know, to, for chest day. So we worked hard on it and, and uh
it paid off. We were lacking just a little bit. You know, we caught some lucky breaks. Some of the best cars um, had trouble, but uh, we we put ourselves in good enough position to get the win. So uh, uh, we'll take it. It's better to be lucky than good sometimes. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I watched the race progress. Uh, we saw guys leave. We saw guys fall out. Uh but you were always up there around the top five or so and uh, always just seemed to be there. And uh, watching you at the end of the race, I thought maybe you had something for the uh, for the 94. But uh, like you said, you you, uh, you you lucked out a little bit. The, the last car caused problems, and you even came away damaged. You had a nice chunk of the front of the car off uh, at the end of the race. So, uh, yeah, uh, watched it, couldn't believe it. We're happy for you. Congratulations. I'm going to turn you over to Jeff. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for, thanks for being on the show, and congratulations on your win. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Now, looking back at your father, how much of an influence and uh, inspiration is he to your racing career? Oh yeah, he he means everything to my racing career for sure. Um, like I said, I grew up watching him. Um, going to Martinsville whenever he'd come back and run late models, even when he was still running trucks, and just how much a clinic he would put on some of the guys that run in Martinsville. And he was just so good at the short tracks. Um, knew how to manipulate the um, just the 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 race. I don't know race craft. I guess what you, what you would say. You know, he knew exactly um, what he needed to do, where he needed to position his car. Um, stuff like that. He was so smart on that. He could he could think that on the fly. And, and also his uh, his knowledge on a race car. You know he uh, he he's our, my crew chief. He sets it up. He made called the shots during the during the race down there. Um, so he just he's got so much racing knowledge and uh, uh, really cool to learn from him and uh, get some of that knowledge myself also. Can you can you talk a little bit where you really started in your racing career? I was looking at some things like. Go kart wins and bandoleros. Can you uh, elaborate on a little more of your racing career? Yeah, for sure. I started racing go karts when I was six years old. Um, done that till I was about ten, I think, and then I started racing bandoleros. And uh, we didn't do the bandoleros very long. That was a tough deal. We had to drive all the way to Charlotte on a weeknight, um, like Tuesday night. So just it was a tough deal to do the bandoleros. So we went back to go karts and done that till I was. Uh, 15, and then I started racing super trucks at Hickory, um, Hickory Motor Speedway, right in the backyard. Um, done that till I was about 18 or 19, and um, until we really got found a good sponsor um, in the Romeo Guest Construction, um, and, and that allowed us to go super late model racing. And definitely, definitely could have done it without those guys. And uh, and then also the local jewelry exchange, they stepped up and helped us out too. So. Um, those two guys made it possible for me to go super racing, and uh, we've been been super racing ever since. Um, going back to Saturday night's race, uh, we started kind of off in the day, and we, uh, we went to night. How, did your car change much over the between the night and the and day? You know, it really didn't. You know, it was a really cloudy, cold day, so um, I was expecting the car to change a little bit, also, and it, and it really didn't. I was actually a little free during the. Um, during practice and during the day, the first part of the race, and um, we finished up exactly like we started, just a little bit free. We made some adjustments during the race, um, didn't quite go far enough. Um, like I said, the 94, 
Uh, he had a speed. He was he was better than us. Um, I put new tires on a little bit later than him, so I had better tires, and we run him down, and I got within about a car length or two, and I just couldn't close the gap to make a move on him, and uh, until two to go, when the lap car slowed up and and got in his way a little bit, and I got to the inside of him there, um, so that definitely caught a lucky break with a lap car, but uh, um, it is what it is there. I hate I hate the I hate it happened to him, you know. He deserved the win. He had the best car, um, but uh, with two to go, I can't hardly back off and let him back down after he made a, after he made the decision to go high. I can't hardly let him back down. Oh no! Not when you're going for the biggest win of your career, and I'm sure it was the biggest win of your career, correct? Yes, absolutely, by far. Yep, by far the biggest win of my career. So it was huge, money-wise, and and just uh, the 300 laps and and the competition that was there, and it was. Uh, it was it was unreal. By far the biggest win of my career. Um, with winning the Mega Meltdown 300, you got picked up like a fifteen thousand dollar. We were looking at the Snowball Derby entry list, and we didn't see your name on the list today. Any chances we might you might see you go down? No, I don't think so. I think we're gonna take the off season and uh, uh, rebuild the car a little bit. We got a little bit behind, like say just. Me and my dad kind of kind of beat ourselves up, uh, and we just we we let the car go down just a little bit there towards the end. We just kind of run out of time, just me and him. So uh, we're gonna take our time, build it back right next year, and uh, I'll be down at the snowball turning some wrenches for uh, Spencer Davis. So we're gonna try to get Spencer Davis a snowball derby win uh, with Bonsus Racing. So I'll be down there helping those boys. So I'll still be around. Um. Uh, what, do you have any? What's your plans for next year? Uh, right now, my plans for next year are still kind of up in the air. Um, haven't really nailed down anything yet. Um, probably still going to plan on running a few super races. Um, probably not racing full time. I'm not sure. Just uh, still kind of up in the air right now. So hopefully, hopefully get to do some racing because I really enjoy it. Uh, it's just so hard. Me and my dad, like I say, we just we beat ourselves up so hard. Uh, during the week, trying to work on these cars to get them ready, and uh, we just we we're about about just wore ourselves out with it. So uh, we'll just have to see what the future holds for next year. All right, uh, Brandon, uh, thanks for taking out time uh, tonight. Again, congratulations on your win. Also, have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, me, Mark, and Roddy will be down at the Snowball Derby, so maybe we'll have to stop over to Spencer's uh, pit and uh, introduce ourselves to you and meet face-to-face. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. I'd, I'd love to meet you guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I had a had a good time, and I enjoyed talking to you guys for sure. Um, all right. We always appreciate having a winner on, and um, I'm going to turn you back over to Rowdy. All right. Thank you. Hey, uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, Brandon, hey, let's talk a few minutes uh, about your uh, pit crew because I've never seen a driver get out, change tires, and gas up the car. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yep, that had a just a good old pit crew. Had my dad changing tires. Uh, had our normal tire guy that does our tires weekly show. Uh, he was the rear tire changer. Um, had a mechanic, one of my buddies, uh, went to high school with. He's a mechanic, local mechanic. He was the jack man. Uh, had my cousin. Uh, he's a mechanic. Had him fueling the car. And then uh, had some few other people that we've uh, 
friends and family, and and they had them rolling tires and doing this and doing that. And uh, one of our sponsors was the Catch Can Man. He's a he owns a frame furniture frame shop. He was the Catch Can Man. So I was just so cool just to have those guys and and for them guys to you know actually help me get a win. You know, it's it, it, that makes it even more special because you know we didn't hire no you know cut pit crew or anything like that. So. It was so cool. Those guys really did a good job. I mean, we didn't lose hardly any spots on pit road. They did a super good job. Hey, and I know that, you know, now's the time to talk about it, and I knew you had to have had a great group of guys together. Yeah, absolutely, yep. And it, and that's, like I say, that's some of my best friends and uh, people that's always coming by the shop and hanging out, and you know, that, that just means so much for those guys to be a part of it like that. Tell us about your sponsor there. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, we got some great sponsors. Romeo Guest uh, Construction out of Durham. Uh, they stepped up and they really helped me the last three or four years uh, um, racing these super late models. And then also the Jewelry Exchange out of Hickory. Um, they actually sponsored my dad when he started racing late models. And um, we're super good friends with them. Go out to eat with them all the time. Um, super good friends with them. And then also uh, Rudisil Frame Shops. He's just right down the road. I can see his I can see his furniture shop from my house. So uh, he's got to where he's really liking racing here the last couple of years, and he's come hanging out with us every race. So really cool to have all those guys supporting me for sure. Brandon, tell everybody how to follow you on social media, friend. Okay. Yep. Absolutely, I will, man. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, Brandon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, buddy. I really appreciate it. All right. Hey, Brandon, Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Go ahead. Jeff? Hey, Brandon, how, how much did it mean to your pit crew that they, that they were part of the, of the pit crew of the winning car? Yeah, like I say, I think, I, I think they were super proud. Like, they, they did an amazing job. You know, we had talked about it before the race, what they needed to do. Um, not get in a hurry. We're not trying to. We're not trying to make up three spots on pit road. Just, you know, get all the lug nuts tight, uh, get the fuel in it, all that, have a smooth stop, not get in no real big hurry. And uh, they did exactly that. That, And, you know, they, um, I think they they surprised themselves and, and everybody how good they did. So uh, um, really proud of those guys stepping up and, and doing something they've never done before. So uh, really cool. And I know they were excited about it too. Brandon, how can uh, people follow you on social media? Can you tell us? Uh, the best place to follow me is Brandon Setzer Racing on Facebook. That's uh, my most active page, and, and uh, you can find all your information about me on there. All right. Again, Brandon, thanks for being on the show. And from Rowdy, Mark, and me, to you and your family and everybody out there, happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I really appreciate it again for having me on, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Guys, what a what a show tonight. Heck of a way to go into the holiday season, huh guys? And no Donna couldn't ask Donna about Wayne's uh car. I wasn't gonna tell him about Wayne's car. Ah uh, hell, it, it, it'll be a surprise. That's a surprise. Boy. That's right. Hell it's yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, I see y'all got shot down too about like me asking Bobby Dale Earnhardt for Dale Jr.'s phone number. About that damn schedule. 
Well, they can't, they can't talk about it. <laughs> we all know you should have just mentioned the damn track. Just told him, we already know we're going to Charlotte. What day is it? <laughs> oh, well. That was a good show, though. Hey, uh, what about uh, Brandon there, guys? He drove the wheels off of it. Y'all see the very end of the race. Tony, he, uh, he, he, you know, like he admitted, he was uh, settling for second place. He, he just could not uh, gain on, on, the, on the leader. And uh, uh, that little happening. The last car was just the opening he needed. He took advantage of it, and that's what racing's all about, taking advantage of it. So he did. He won. He took home the big prize. And uh, thanks a lot for Brandon being on the show tonight. Yeah, because he held on. Well, he called called a few minutes earlier than he was supposed to. And I just told him Don was on, and this one, he got done. We'd bring him right in, so. Uh, you know, Don's always a great guest, guys. I knew we, you know, he's, he's a great talk. Such an interesting and intelligent man. He really knows what he's talking about. Pretty good track record, 446 races. Wow. Wow. Well, I was Arca, too. Well, all right, guys. Mark, anything you want to talk about that went on this past weekend that we hadn't covered? I think we pretty much got it all covered, Rowdy. Uh, We saw some good races. Historical racetrack. Uh, everybody should visit it at least once in their lifetime. And uh, maybe Jeff and I'll get back there. Maybe we won't. But we were there for the 300 lapper, and it was a darn good race. And uh, congratulations to Brandon Setzer. And uh, thanks for Don for being on the Don Radabaugh for being on the show tonight. And uh, we can't forget about Randy LaJoy. Uh, very informative. Very informative little discussion with him, so I guess that's it, Rowdy. Uh, everybody have a good holiday. Don't eat too much turkey. Maybe have more pie. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Hey, we got, let me, let me get uh, Jeff here. Jeff, before you get gone. Yeah, Rowdy. Thing you want to talk about before we get out here. No, I just want to wish you, Mark, your families, and all of our listeners and their families uh, have a happy, safe Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. Well, guys, I will tell you, it's been a good one tonight. It's going to be a good one next week, too, We don't do bad stuff. No. Hey. Till next week, we got Bob Dildner coming on, guys. He's a 710 guest, Eastern Time. 
Looking forward to that. And then you never know who's going to stop by the round bag light. So keep that light shining. Giant bright. Giant bright. Indoor Speedway is Birmingham's premier corporate events venue. When your team races together at speeds up to 50 miles per hour in their electric pro carts, they'll leave with a recharged bond. They guarantee it. For more information on how to book your company event, visit AutobahnSpeed.com. 